a couple of years ago, I read an article on Click Z. I was listed in a social media something list or whatever. Anyway, I noticed that like there's no women in this list. And I'm like, I know all kinds of women who are kicking butt <laughs> and, and, and social media, you know, are you kidding me? Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Traffic Jam, the podcast show where I, along with my expert guests each week, teach you how to get more traffic and build a profitable audience for your website. This is episode number 19. Now, coming up in today's show, I'm talking with Lee Oden from TopRankMarketing.com, who is the author of Optimize, How to Attract and Engage More Customers by Integrating Social Media and Content Marketing. Now, it was actually Joe Polizzi that introduced myself and Lee. So I do want to say thank you to you, Joe, for putting the two of us in touch. And to you, the listener, if you enjoyed the episode I did with Joe, which was number 16 of Traffic Jam, then I'm sure you're going to enjoy this episode with Lee as well. Not only do we pick up on the conversation that I had with Joe about integrating content marketing into your business, but we also talk about content marketing in relation to SEO as well. Now, Lee, really, dishes out some great marketing ideas on this interview, some really good proven concepts that he's used in his own business to achieve such things as over 125,000 views of a SlideShare presentation and tens of thousands of downloads of an ebook. Now, we speak about the importance of design in marketing. We talk about writing a physical book and if the payoff is worth it, because Lee has done that himself, as well as some easier to implement content marketing strategies such as using lists in your marketing and co-authoring with others. Now, that's all coming up in my interview with Lee in just a moment, so stay tight for that. But don't go anywhere after the interview because I'll be giving you some more actionable advice in the section I call the one-minute traffic tip. Plus, of course, we have this week's news in traffic. We have some listener comments and feedback. And, of course, we end the show with the Traffic Jam Jam, which will be chosen by my guest, Lee Oden. TrafficJamCast.com Now, before I get stuck into the interview, let me give Lee the introduction that he so rightly deserves. Now, he is a former member of the US Army, has been with Top Rank Online Marketing for 12 years. And Top Rank are a digital marketing agency that help companies, mostly Fortune 1000 companies in the B2B space, attract, engage and convert more customers by integrating content, search, social and online PR. Now, Lee is a coveted speaker. He's the author of Optimize. And in his spare time, he's big into sports, travel and food. So there you go. That's a brief introduction to Lee, my guest today. So let's get stuck into the interview. This is Traffic Jam feature interview number 19. And joining me in the hot seat today is Lee Oden from TopRankMarketing.com. Lee, welcome to Traffic Jam. Hey, it's great to be here, James. Great to have you on the call. It's uh, an early start, but I hear not so early for you because you've actually been up for about five hours, despite the fact it's 8am where you are. (laughs) Sounds like quite a long day. 
Yeah, well, you know, it's the price of uh, being a dad and having kids and and, uh, lots of work to do. Yeah, rolling it all into a business as well. It's got to be a challenge. Good. Well, at the time of recording this, we're kind of mid to late September 2013. And I understand you've just gotten back from content marketing world where you probably presented to several thousand people, I would guess. But more interestingly to me, from what I understand, you published there a slide share presentation that has had over 40,000 views already. Now, I'd like to start the interview by asking a few questions around that. From what it seems, there's probably quite a few marketing lessons in there that I think would be good to share with our listeners. So tell me a little bit about what the concept was to put this presentation together and some of the results that you've achieved so far. Yeah, definitely. So we are big fans of Content Marketing World, the conference. This year was its third year. I've spoken at all three years. And last year, um, in talking with the event, uh, Joe Paluzzi and and how we would work together, um, I, I presented the idea of what if we came up with a promotional vehicle that's a win for everyone? And so the idea of an ebook. Um, that would feature speakers and draw attention to their sessions was developed. Um, that first ebook was called Content Marketing Secrets, and it had a secret agent theme. And we literally solicited the speakers in character, uh, s- setting the tone that they just had a rendezvous with their handler. There's a secret operative back from a dangerous mission, and now they've got a secret. What secret is that that they can share to save the content marketing world? And uh, ironically enough, some of these big brands, they answered in character as well. And so we constructed this ebook that um, was designed to do a couple of different things. One, uh, be an aggregation of useful content that anyone could find value in, whether they attend or not, but certainly to draw attention to the event and also to draw attention to individual sessions. And as a result, the conference was incentivized to promote the ebook. Um, certainly the speakers were incentivized to promote the ebook, and we picked speakers based on a combination of their subject matter expertise and the depth and reach of their own network. This year, we repeated that exercise with a different theme. Uh, rock and roll uh, was the theme since the conference ha- happens in Cleveland, Ohio, which is the home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And so content marketing rocks, uh, content nice. marketing rock stars is is what we went with. So what sort of avenues did you use to promote this? I guess there's A, the event that are going to be promoting it themselves. It's a real benefit to them. I would assume also the speakers would probably put a little bit of uh, light onto it as well. What other channels are you using to kind of get that content out there? Part of what makes a co-created content object like this work is that built-in incentive participants uh, can can be motivated by to share. And that is all factored into the content planning. So months in advance, speaker selection, um, looking at who their networks are and what topical relevance and authority that they have according to our objectives is present. And then making it easy or making it attractive through email communications and romancing them to be involved and letting them know how it will be promoted and how they can help. So planting lots of seeds in a timeline of communications and ultimately giving them things like pre-written tweets, giving them the embed code from SlideShare, 
And then, of course, we deconstructed the ebook and popped it up to Pinterest and to Flickr. We did it for long form interviews and uh, on blog posts and and things of that nature. And lots of people liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, I see a lot of similarities actually lead to what I'm trying to do also with this podcast. I carefully select who I'm going to appear based on the quality of the content and how much that is aligned to my audience, but also in terms of how much reach that that particular interviewee has themselves. And then kind of post-interview, it really does make sense for that interviewed expert also to share the content because they want, of course, make themselves good. And I try and make that as easy as possible for them by giving them pre-written templates to share to their own audience. I'm a true testament to this because I can see it happening with my own stuff. So it's great to see it at play at a larger scale, I guess, through what you've done at Content Marketing World. It's fantastic. Yeah, we, we've done similar projects for companies like Dell. Um, their last ebook had 6,000 views and we did a co-created Thought Leader ebook and 120,000 views. Wow. Um, you know, same brand, same SlideShare channel, but, you know, the the, the magic in this um, James, I think is not just the idea of picking the, uh, well-known and, and, uh, individuals who have reach and incentivizing them. But the fact that what you're creating together is really awesome. They've got to want to belong to it. You know, yeah. it, it's got to be something they're proud to be associated with. And I think that's what really separates professionals, maybe like yourself and what a lot of other link bait oriented people are doing, right. When they're just going after the famous and not after the quality. Yeah. Well, one thing that really struck me looking at that SlideShare presentation, which we will, of course, link off to within the show notes, is the actual quality of it, not just in terms of the content, but also in terms of the layout, the design. I mean, it's high quality stuff. It's not a SlideShare presentation that's been thrown together over a few hours. There's a lot of thought being put into it. How important is getting that whole kind of brand and design ethos right to making this sort of thing successful? It's it's absolutely huge. It's the the hook, the hook is essential not only in the messaging but in the aesthetic that yeah. communicates it. You have to think about not just the, um, you know, the interestingness of it or the usefulness of it, but how is the thing you're making going to make people feel? Because people take action based on emotions, right? And and you've got to align that aesthetic, the visual elements of a thing with the hook, right? With the, uh, you know, the ask, so to speak, what is it that we want people to think and how do we, do you like them to feel after they consume this content? What would we like them to do? Very, very important. And what sort of result has this gotten for your own brand, Lee? I mean, I see it sits up here on slideshare.net and there's a link off to your own website how much kind of actual business or direct results have you been able to attribute to exercises like this? So we observe, we um, view and evaluate content marketing projects like this, not as well um, at the campaign level, we look at them as key performance indicators. So any metric associated with it as a campaign is only a key performance indicator to the broader scale of things. So um, our buyer, for example, is going to interact with multiple pieces of content over a period of time before they ever decide to hire us. We don't employ salespeople, so everything is inbound for us. Yeah. And, and so um, from a KPI standpoint, having over 40,000 views and over 1,000 downloads and you know, sending well over 100 people to the conference, 
um, you know, is all good for the event. But as far as us, we had numerous people um, mention uh, the ebook on their sites, people that would, uh, software companies that would be perfect customers for us, for example. I mean, many of them actually embedded the deck on their sites. In fact, over 50% of the views of the deck are, uh, of the SlideShare ebook, are as a result of embeds. Uh, and uh, by by uh, many nice. of those are companies that we would like to do business with. So, um, you know, we we've been able to work with some pretty formidable companies as a result of them seeing people from Top Rank speak, from seeing our blog, which is quite popular, and seeing content objects like this. And this is an annual thing now. We'll do it again next year, and people look forward to it. Yeah, you know. So it's it's um I can I can't say that I've got six customers because of that one ebook, but what I can say is we're now working we're providing content marketing services for LinkedIn. Yeah. And and LinkedIn, according to Content Marketing World, is all in on content marketing on a go forward. So that that alone is is a tremendous thing. And a little bit a little bit of that decision was influenced by the kind of content we create. Yeah. Got it. Well, I'd like to kind of extend this conversation around content marketing a little bit further because this is in fact the, I think the third interview in pretty much close succession that we've spoken on the subject. I mean, Joe was the first, Joe Polizzi. Then I had Mark Schaefer on the show last week. Now, I would guess though, perhaps Lee, as a as a kind of a social marketer and an SEO at, at heart, because you do cover SEO in your sort of range of services at Top Rank Marketing. What's your take on content marketing as a discipline? Because I'd like to kind of see whether it kind of differs to those views that we've had already. Well, I think, um, you know, it's interesting having come from, I grew up, so to speak, in the digital marketing world from a web dev SEO standpoint, right? You know, 97, 98, 99, and so forth is when I started doing SEO stuff. And, you know, as uh, from a search perspective, people are accountable for organic search traffic, right? It just makes sense. And, and so, you know, a lot of folks are identifying content in the SEO world as just creating more content. Um, and, and, and then you have PR people who think of content only in terms of earned and owed and paid media. Um, what I think of content is is obviously it's it's specific it's information that is designed or content that's designed for a specific audience and it's intended to affect a certain outcome a, a business outcome so it's intentional and that's really a, a, I think a big distinction it's intentional and so if I start to understand a customer segment I understand who my best customers are and what the buyer journey is like what's the experience like for them when they seek out evaluate and ultimately purchase products from a company like mine. What's that journey like? What kind of questions do they have and how can I architect content to answer those questions so that they think we're the best answer no matter where they look? Yeah. And 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 that's an elaboration of course, but it's that intentional design and uh, uh, of, of content for a specific audience empathizing with their journey designed to affect a certain outcome and then the continuous optimization of performance. Got it, got it. So I guess that would be perhaps one you know point we could make is that, uh, and I know you wanted to perhaps sort of talk about this because it's something that you're quite invested in, is that SEOs quite often get content marketing wrong from your kind of definition because quite often it's purely content for the sake of content, right? It's to create content to increase that online imprint and 
perhaps, you know, increase search ranking as a result. What you're saying is every piece of content has to have some clear intention and be designed for a particular audience. Yeah, and in, in order for it to be productive, if you do those things, you don't have to, of course, we can do anything, but if we do those things, our content, the performance of our content is more easily measured and optimized in terms of from a performance standpoint. So um, from a from in the search world, of course, um, you know, one of the challenges, of course, is getting companies to create more content so they actually deserve to rank for the phrases that will attract <laughs> customers, right? Yeah. And so, so there's always been this, so, okay, if I optimize what's there, great. Now what do we do? Link build? <laughs> you know, um, you know kind of but, – but there's more to it than that. And so the, oftentimes there's the – well, you know what? If I look back – and, and even doing SEO in 2001 and, and so forth, we're always looking for other content that we could get clients to come up with. Um, and, and so we're looking at public relations content and customer service content, at least we were. So, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, recruiting, you know, who's, who's job listings. We're looking at any content we could possibly find. So we've always had this holistic view towards optimization and content creation simply as a means to get more hooks in the water so that we can catch those search fishers or search fish, uh, so to speak. So uh, you're right. A lot of con- a lot of SEOs, because they're held accountable to certain metrics, will see content marketing simply as a means of just the matter of creating more content or creating content that will attract links. Yeah. Ra- rather than designing content for a certain customer segment and even drilling down into that, well, what questions do they have as they, you know, become aware, evaluate, consider, purchase, and so on and so forth. Um, the, another another interesting element to this is the notion of personas, because obviously when you do in direct marketing identify common characteristics of a group of customers, you can. Uh, create an archetype and call that a persona, right? You know, so we can better understand who that group of customers is by as if they were a person. And of course, in the SEO world, personas are often fake profiles of people who you use to go out <laughs> and link build rather than representing a group of customers. So there's this common language, but it differs a little bit in its yeah. meaning. Yeah, absolutely. But do you find this a challenge? I mean, you know, you've just spoken there about creating, really talking about creating valuable content that serves a purpose. Like one of the biggest challenges that I'm sure both you and I face dealing with clients is actually getting them to find the resource to come up with any form of content at all. Does it become a challenge in your mind to kind of get people to create this stuff? Because there are a few barriers in the way, right? Well, there are. There's obviously resources. Um, There's but more so, there's a lack of confidence. Um, and, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the size of organization, there may be other factors like, you know, um, executive sponsorship and, and um, you know, the perception of risk or the um, perception that it can't be measured and um, traditional or legacy attitudes about marketing and that, you know, everything can't be directly measured to a lead and that sort of thing. There's all kinds of obstacles, but a modern marketer is going to obviously think about things in terms of what the customer needs to buy, you know, and uh, a legacy marketer is going to think of what kind of information the brand needs to push out there in order to hopefully, you know, be persuasive enough to get somebody to buy. And I think those who are investing in the customer experience are, you know, they start to realize the value of content. And there's literally a, a market, a content marketing maturity model we've developed to help companies understand where they are now and help them plan for what resources they'll need to capitalize on 
being the best where they are at the moment and then how to move forward. You know, um, and we look at it a lot of times in phases, you know, phase one, phase two, phase three, that sort of thing. And that helps people understand, okay, if I just start a blog or if I just start contributing articles to industry publications with, with a Twitter account, we can master that, we can go deep with that, and then we can start to expand, you know, that sort of thing to build a business case. Yeah, I got it. Got it. Good. Well, one of the agreements, Lee, that I have with my guests here on Traffic Jam is that they'll kind of share, or I say kind of, they have to, that's part of the agreement. <laughs> they have to share their kind of most successful current traffic strategy. You've mentioned at the top of the show, you're getting great success with these co-authored eBooks. What else is getting great success for you right now? Well, lists, um, one, one of the things that we've been doing um, is... Is, is developing lists in a really meaningful way and making them an event, annual event. Um, so there's this adage that people will work for a living, but they'll die for recognition, you know? And there's a lot of really talented people doing some great work in specific vertical markets that are unrecognized. And um, maybe they don't have time to spend much on Twitter and Facebook and Google Plus and LinkedIn and that sort of thing, yet their peers know about the work that they're doing. If we can shine a light on people like that and tell their story in an interesting way, wow, the, the propagation of that kind of thing just is, is wild. So an example of this is um, – and so I quick made a list of like 25 that I knew, and I wrote the bios myself based on what I knew about them so they were personal. And I published that list, and kabam. Uh, it, a massive, massive exposure for that. And um, so when the next year, came, you know, nine months went by and I'm like, I'm going to do that again. So what I did is I went back to the people who were named on the list and I said, could you nominate three people that you know to be considered for the next year's list? And this really impressed those folks. And uh, many of them uh, connected me with people that I never, ever would have been able to connect with otherwise, right? Wow. And, and so we narrowed that list of 60 or 70 down to 25. We did it again. Again, I wrote the bios based on my research, and some of them I knew. And then it, you know it's happened a third time, and now it's going to happen a fourth time this year, and that's the Women Who Rock Social Media. You can Google that, and you'll, you'll see these lists. And, and, and they're wildly popular because not a lot of folks are narrowing in on that. I see Forbes and other public magazines doing this sort of thing, but it's very superficial. Um, they're not doing a ton of research, it looks like, um, or they're relying purely on a tool of some kind to algorithmically determine who's most popular. But what, again, about the people who aren't super active on the social web, but they're doing really amazing work. How can we shine a light on them? So lists like that are another thing that we've done that, that have been really, really successful. Love it, love it. And I'm sure those listeners out there are probably getting some great ideas for their own markets and, and verticals because you know this sort of content it would be something that most businesses could take on, right? I mean, you could find Absolute. top performers in your market or, you know, the, the rock stars of your industry to create into a slide share. I mean, this is kind of, I mean, I love it. It's transferable across any vertical or any industry. It will, it will almost work everywhere, I guess. It's very duplicatable. And what stops people from doing it is the sheer amount of work to come up with a quality product. That's it. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I can imagine. Good. Well, I love it. I mean, I've got some great ideas for myself, Lee. So if uh, if no one else takes anything away from this call, I certainly will. Some some fantastic stuff. Good. I want to ask you a little bit about your approach over at Top Rank Marketing because you've actually got what could be a proprietary method. I don't know, but you have a a name for a process that you call Optimize 360. Um, tell me a little bit more about what that is and and how you actually do it for your clients. So uh, this notion of optimizing for customer experience is a huge driver for how we provide content marketing services. And of course, those are integrated with search and social and email and ads, right? What We're trying to be the best answer wherever the customer is looking. And so the start of that is this empathy with the customer journey. How do people that we're after discover, uh, consume, and act on information? And when we under- answer those questions, then we can do this. We can implement a strategy of, of attract, engage, and convert, meaning all the content objects that we're creating um, are accountable to how is it that we're going to attract, right, uh, a, a traffic meaningful to a certain audience with this content object, how are what messaging is going and what platform and what media type, you know, vi- video, audio, uh, text or whatever is going to engage them best, you know, for a specific audience. And then what messaging or hook or ask is going to be most meaningful for helping them to take action and, and action doesn't have to be a sale or a lead. It, it could be a social share. It could be a referral or recommendation. So our work in this way, this attract, engage, convert, is applicable not only to customer acquisition, but it's also applicable to growing a network, you know, growing brand visibility. And it's also um, uh, relevant not just for the buying cycle from awareness to purchase, but also throughout the entire customer life cycle. So when we talk about retention, right, we want to retain our existing customers. How, what kind of content can we give them to do that? And then we want to inspire advocacy, of course. So mm-hmm. the best form of advertising is word of mouth, right? What can we do to facilitate word of mouth and referrals through content marketing? Got it. And of course, you've written the book on this topic, Optimize. Is that correct? It kind of covers the Optimize 360 process. It does. It does. Just, uh, especially if you're in the US, you can type uh, Optimize with a Z or Z or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, um, I'm sure we, opt- we we registered the domain name with the S as well. But um, yeah, yeah, that, that book is, uh, you know, it's done really well for us in terms of uh, exposure vehicle, but it's also educated a lot of folks that weren't right, really clear on connecting the dots between search, social and content. Great, great. Well, I actually wanted to ask you on that point, you know, in terms of a medium for getting you out to a larger audience. How successful has an offline, you know, a traditional printed book been for you? Because you've obviously had great success with eBooks. Was the work involved in creating Optimize, you know, worth the payoff in terms of, you know, what you've got out of it? Well, um, I think so. Absolutely. I'm very glad that we that we did the book. Um, I've had a couple of folks um, within our own team help contribute to it. So it was really great help from the team at Top Rank. Um, and there's just something about a tangible, you know, thing. And also there's cachet to being an author. So a part of our, the way we create positive signal for the brand and in that, uh, effort to be the best answer for what we do is, uh, involves public speaking and uh, I do a lot of conferences. And so having a book gives me entree to doing solos and keynotes, 
as opposed to a panel where you're competing with other people. And so that's a huge advantage just because of a book. Um, another thing, uh, this is kind of a tactical thing, but it's something anyone who's an author or who has an ebook could do. Um, at the beginning, uh, I, I've, always, I've been doing this for a while since the book came out. Um, uh, during a session, I'll say, hey, you know, we've got here's this book, da da da, it's a great book. And uh, whoever does the best tweets during my session uh, will win a free copy. And it's unbelievable how many, you know, I'll come out of a session. There's 250 tweets that have happened, all yeah. mentioning my Twitter handle and, uh, and, and, and things related to what I just presented. So it's a very, very effective mechanism for many different reasons beyond what I just said. But I'm definitely glad I did it. And of course, you've got a family, Lee, so I'm sure taking them down to Barnes & Noble and showing them daddy's book there on the bookshelf was probably pretty <laughs> cool too, right? Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, before we close out, I want to get your your kind of viewpoint on where you think content marketing is heading because you have been in the industry quite a long time, you know, been in the online space probably 16 years or so. Where does content marketing go from here? Well, I think there's two angles to that. One is, of course, where it's going as an industry. And I think obviously there's a lot of convergence happening between different you know, disciplines, uh, advertising, public relations, and marketing. Um, a lot of those folks are being held accountable for each other's uh, deliverables. And so content is really a vehicle to, to make that happen. Um, clearly, when you think about things in terms of how people discover, consume, and act on information, we it's easy to see, I think. Uh, mobile is a huge driver um, for the future of content. And not just mobile, but any internet-connected device, really. I think it was Erickson that uh, – and Mike Grehan from, uh, from uh, uh, Incisive Media says this a lot. Uh, by the year 2020, there will be over 50 billion internet-connected devices. That's uh, clearly far more than there will be humans. Um, <laughs> and, and, and so that you know, then empowers people to do lots of things 24-7. Um, from, so that's one angle. Industry-wide, clearly the visual and interactive, dynamic – um, participatory, right? The the community owns the brand, so to speak, thing, you know, and 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 as well, content creation, I think, is what we'll see in the future. Um, companies will compete with industry publications in their same vertical. Uh, we already see this in examples with American Express, Open, and uh, Adobe CMO.com, you know. Um, so I, I think those are some of the future trends. And clearly, I think for, for companies, they're going to move from a, this sort of status quo of just creating the content they have to to creating more content, uh, very SEO-like, and then moving yep. into more utility and storytelling and actually being able to monetize content, not just from customer acquisition, but through syndication, through advertising. And so they can make money coming and going because their content is so effective. Great stuff. Great. Well, I'm sure you'll be speaking about some of this type of stuff at your upcoming very busy October. It looks like you're speaking at a few different places. Lee, what you got coming up? So um, let's see, in October, Social uh, Media Examiners um, uh, Social Success Summit. Um, the fact, like 3,000, 4,000 people have signed up for this already. And wow. really uh, amazing portfolio of names. Mark Schaefer, a uh, fellow you had on previously, uh, well, and Joe, I, I believe, Joe Paluzzi will be there. Uh, Chris Brogan, Mari Smith, lots of folks talking about social media. So I'll be doing that on October 3rd. Uh, Marketing Profs in Boston, there's a B2B conference there um, that I'll be doing. And, uh, and you know, several others. <laughs> Pivot in New York City, um, even Iowa. Um, and PRSA's International Conference in Philadelphia at the end of October. 
Wow. Wow. It sounds like a busy month or so coming up for you. What about any overseas travel plans? I know you're, you're, you're an avid traveler. Oh, yeah. In November, yes, uh, I'll be doing a uh, keynote at OM Expo in Madrid and oh, nice. in November 5th. And then um, I'm doing a workshop in Moscow for a small social media conference there in uh, the third week of November. Very nice. Very nice. Well, if you ever make it kind of further east over towards Dubai, it'd be fantastic to see you in this neck of the woods, Lee. That would be great. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, I think we'll close it out there. We've had a, a packed full sort of 25 or, or 30 minutes of content. Um, there's plenty of resources for the listener to go off and find, and they'll be linked to within the show notes for Traffic Jam episode number 19. But for now, Lee, I think we'll close out. Thank you for such awesome content. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. This week's news in traffic. Well, Facebook have made some updates to their ad formats this week, mostly in relation to page post link ads, offer ads and event ads. Now, most of these updates relate to ensuring ad units display in exactly the same format across all placements on Facebook, thus having more consistency. Plus, and more excitingly, larger images. Now, if you've been keeping a close eye on your newsfeed, you may have noticed that links you post now display with a larger image. Now, this has been rolled out now to ad units too, which is fantastic news. Onto Google Plus and they've introduced embedded posts. Now after embeddable tweets, Pinterest posts and Facebook updates, you can now also embed your Google Plus posts onto your website or blog. Now text, photo and media posts are all supported and the embeds are fully interactive. So visitors can plus one, comment and follow you on Google Plus right from your website. In event news, the Social Media Success Summit is coming up. Now, several of Traffic Jam guests will be appearing. Chris Brogan, James Wedmore, Pat Flynn, Joe Polizzi and my guest today, Lee Oden, will all be appearing at the summit. Now, it's from the 1st through to the 24th of October. And if you're worried that you'll have to jump on a plane to attend... Don't, because it's actually happening entirely online. For more information, go to socialmediaexaminer.com. And finally, to celebrate helping 100 companies reach the top of Google, my SEO agency, SEO Sherpa, are giving away to one lucky winner a three-month SEO package valued at $2,400. Now, full details for the competition can be found at veravo.com. That's V-E-R-A-V-O.com. To register, all you need to do is enter your name and email before the 6th of October to be in with a chance to win. Now, if you want to get your website ranking and attract new customers, what better way than to enter this competition? Full details can be found at bravo.com or by searching for my fan page on Facebook and then clicking on the competition tab. Entry is free. Thank you. I have another couple of great five-star iTunes reviews this week. And the first of which comes from Jeff Rose from the United States, who says, great resource, great content for anyone looking for a boost in traffic to their site. So thank you, Jeff. The second one that comes from Rick Noblet. He's also from the USA. And he says, James, I love Traffic Jam. The entire idea of it, the format, the content, 
awesome. This show has a ton of actionable content, people. You need to subscribe. So thank you, Rick. Also a fantastic comment. I really do appreciate your feedback. And if you, the listener, would like to leave me a comment or feedback on Traffic Jam, you can head on over to iTunes, search for Traffic Jam and leave a review or rating there. And of course, you can post on the episode page of trafficjamcast.com as well, which has now moved to veravo.com. But still, the best way to find it is by going to trafficjamcast.com and you'll be redirected to the new location. So I look forward to receiving your comments and reviews and reading them out on next week's show. This week's one minute traffic tip will help you get more clicks and thus more traffic from your online display ads, also referred to as banner ads. And the tip this week could not be simpler. Make your banner ads not look like banner ads. Now, consistently in testing, we found that banner ads that don't look like banner ads outperform fancy banners often by two or even three times. And the logic is pretty simple. People are basically turned off by these fancy banners as it's blatant advertising. They become blind to them and thus it's more difficult to create a fancy ad that stands out and gets clicks. However, if your ad looks like part of the editorial on a site, it bypasses people's aversion to the advertising and it is far more likely to garner interest and thus clicks to your website. So an action step this week, if you're doing banner advertising, go create a banner ad that is plain simple text against a white background and test it against your fancy ad and see which one wins. I'd love to know what results you get. Please post your comments on the episode page over at trafficjamcast.com. That rounds out episode number 19 of Traffic Jam. I'll be doing it all again next week with another action-packed episode. For more tips and training to help you get more traffic, leads and sales from your website, check out this week's post at veravo.com. That's V-E-R-A-V-O.com. This week, I report on the new mobile ad format, Google testing that will have a huge impact on your Google ad click-through rate. I also expose some cowboy SEO practitioners in a classic lesson of how not to do SEO. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, when you head on over to bravo.com, you'll find details of our amazing competition where you can win a three-month SEO package from SEO Sherpa valued at $2,400 just by registering your name and email before the 6th of October. To close out this week's episode of Traffic Jam, we have a musical jam chosen by my guest today, Lee Oden. The artist is called Skrillex and the track is called Bangarang. See you back here again real soon for another episode of Traffic Jam.
Subscribe for future episodes. Check out the website, trafficjamcast.com.